Welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. I am a mom of twins. I am also the Twiniversity founder, and I am the best-selling author of the book, What to Do When You're Having Two. Our goal at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, we laugh at the little things, and we really do get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And that is what we hope this podcast is about to do. So welcome to Twiniversity. One of my least favorite things about being a parent of twins is dealing with two stuffy noses at the same time. If you have not yet experienced this, consider yourself lucky. But now that's why I'm so excited to share with you that there is a great product out there to help you clear out those four tiny nostrils when your twins are congested. Yes, each twin has two nostrils, just throwing that out there. Meet the Oogie Bear Better Booger Picker. Say it again with me, Oogie Bear Better Booger Picker. It safely and effectively removes stubborn, sticky mucus and dry boogers from those little noses with the Oogie Bear Booger Picker, which are great for cleaning little ears too. The patented bear head design ensures that the ends will not go too far into their tiny nose and the soft rubber scoop and loop are specifically created to be gentle enough for their tiny little noses. Also, you really should check out the Oogie Bear Nose Balm and the Oogie Bear Chest Rub. They're organic products to help clear infant airways and provide long-lasting moisture to their tiny irritated skin when they have it. The inventor of Oogie Bear is a very dear friend. She's also a doctor of pharmacy. She's also a mom of three. But more importantly, she is such an amazing inventor. And this item that she created has revolutionized the way that people deal with sticky mucus. So I assure you, you are in the best of hands. So to learn more, visit oogiebear.com. That's O-O-G-I-E-B-E-A-R.com. Rawr. Go clean out those tiny noses. Today is a doozy. You're gonna love this podcast, Lauren. Ooh, doozy. It's a doozy. Did you breastfeed the twenties? No, I did not. Not even a little bit. You not were just like, we're skipping this. Cause no one told me I could. I was basically told like, no, twin moms can't breastfeed. It's not possible. I hate people. Well, guys, I'm Natalie Diaz, founder of Twiniversity, author of What to Do When You're Having Two Mom of Twins, um, blah, blah, blah. Um, that is Lauren Oak, the Swiss Army knife of twin families. And together, we are a band of misfit toys. Yes. And we are the people. We, I think truthfully, no joke, we are probably two of the most knowledgeable people about twin parenting in this country. You might be right. You might be a little more knowledgeable than me. I, I think we we complement each other. Like you're the yin to my yang. Like I know yes. stuff and you know stuff and together we fit together. Yes, I think so. I th- This is what I live, eat and breathe for 13 years. Yeah. It's twin parenting. Yeah. If anybody had a hobby for 13 years, they would be more knowledgeable on that no matter what it was. Yes. Certainly. But you know, John called this my hobby when I started. Oh, I remember. God bless him. But you made it into a... a- a job, a dream job, a company. Who knew? I certainly didn't. I'm telling you to this day, that was not the intention. (laughs) (laughs) That was not my plan. I had a whole plan of what I was going to do with my life. Initially, when 
I was growing up, um, my first job that I thought I was going to have was a lawyer, but only because there was a commercial on TV that always talked about lawyers and that mm -hmm. influenced me early. And then if I say, as I got older, I thought maybe, believe it or not, and you might or might not know this. Do you remember when we went to the Queens Museum that I said I always wanted to be an astronaut? No. I no. actually did. I genuinely, I always wanted to go to space camp. Oh, no, that scared me. Oh, no, I was fascinated. I want to stay on Earth. I don't nope. like heights, so maybe that. And I no. don't like flying. I love flying. I love an airplane. Give me a 15-hour flight. Oh, I love it. I love it. I need but to have like four cocktails before I even walk onto the plane. But I that's just a regular Tuesday. <laughs> so then I wanted to um, become, after that, what else did I really? Oh, then I, when I went to college, I was going into restaurant management because my family owns all these restaurants. And it just made logical sense that I would work at the restaurant because basically it's like my legacy. And uh, then I realized that I, my family made me have more anxiety and go mm -hmm. into often murderous rages where I thank God never actually murdered anybody and went into travel and then did my luxury African travel for a few yes. years and then landed here at Twin University after I like my how twins went to kindergarten. travel leaded you here. But can I tell you the reason why I think that Twin University is successful is because I, in when I worked for the African travel company, I worked in marketing. Yeah. So, so. marketing is marketing. So if you know how to market something, whether mm -hmm. it's African travel or twin parenting information, yeah. it's marketing. Yep. Which is why I think we get so lucky to have so many good partners is because they really appreciate my marketing chops. Yeah. You know how to do it. I do, but I know how to do it in a way that's fun, that people actually enjoy. I'm not yeah. gonna bore you with something ridiculous want us to have fun so speaking of uh of that today we have a fun episode Ooh. and it has to do with breastfeeding okay and since we're both lactation consultants yes i have a question for you okay okay so i'm i'm not setting you up with this question i'm a little nervous but this is something that i would say within our industry of lactation that this might be a controversial topic Okay. What, le what do you think might be controversial within our industry? Using formula. Using formula. That's a good one. That's not what this is about today. But what are the controversial things in lactation? Besides, like the formula is like so ridiculous. Like everybody that's, goes crazy. But yeah. as twin families, we that's know that we got to do what we got to do. Controversial one. Um, I'm not sure. What okay. Well, I'm going to tell you that there are some lactation consultants out there that are on a constant soapbox about how you should never have a freezer stash. Well, not none at all. Nope, none at all. I don't like the people who like hoard a whole entire freezer full of milk because I mm -hmm. feel like they're never gonna use that, but I always encourage them to have like three, four days worth of in there. I also agree that having a little cushion cushion yeah is is very awesome yes but if you're having like gallons like yes. like you don't you're never going to go through it unless okay. you're going to literally take a bath personally in it mm -hmm. twice you know, times here's here's what i'm going to tell you in our country right because now we have another international guest today 
in our country, it is so difficult to donate breast milk. I know. Oh my gosh. Holy moly guacamole. You have to like jump through hoops and basically go and pump in a place. Yep. It's really every state has different regulations. Every insurance company, even if you were to use donor milk, has different regulations. It is so crazy town. However, in Canada, it's not as difficult. Hmm. So what if I told you that you could, you had a secret ability to overproduce? Oh, I know some people who do that. You do. So there are some people out there that, yes, some have very difficult, uh, very difficult time even making enough milk for one, let alone two. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the moms. It's kind of like Goldilocks. Yeah. Right. So you could be a Goldilocks breastfeeder. So this one is I have too little. This one is I have too much. And then this is I'm just right. Most people could get into the just right situation if they need to. But there are some people out there that just have too much. Yep. Yep. And that is what we are talking today. Today, we are talking to Brittany Forsythe, and she is an overproducer. Okay. So she is um, from Canada. And she lives on a wonderful farm and she is just somebody that I think I'm just fascinated with. Okay. So I will tell you that she has donated just tons and tons and tons of milk. It's amazing. It is totally, totally unbelievable. And what I love about her is that she saw that this was happening. And instead of saying, okay, let me, you know, slow down or let me start, you know, change what I'm doing here. She's like, I could donate this to babies in the NICU. I could donate this to families who need it. And I am just absolutely obsessed with her. And I think it's such a, a smart, generous thing to do. If this was anybody else in like in our country, if I said, listen, unless you have somebody that you could give milk onto the table. Yeah. You know, maybe don't consider it, but like for you, how do you feel about that as somebody who couldn't or didn't breastfeed? I think it's amazing because it's a gift that like, it, it's just a gift, a natural gift that like, you can't necessarily, you can't create that. I mean, there's formula and that's great, mm-hmm. but giving breast milk to feed someone else's baby is amazing. Isn't it crazy? Like, I think it's so admirable and she has tons and not just like milliliters, like she would donate ounces and ounces and ounces. And I love talking to her and her whole outlet on, uh, on this, this whole, not her whole outlet, her whole outlook on this was so healthy and wonderful. And it definitely feeds her soul as she's helping feed her other babies. Her babies are so delicious and chubby and sweet. And I got to see them because we Aww. always tape these um, with video and they, Lauren, they were so cute Aww. Uh, with their rolls on rolls on rolls. I can't, I can't even tell you. And I just, I, I want you to talk to, like, I, I want you to, to listen to her today and just really what an absolutely unbelievable mom. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Here she is, Miss Brittany Forsyth. 
Oh my gosh. Brittany, I'm so glad that you were here. I'm very thrilled to talk to you. I'm fascinated. I found you on Instagram, which I have to say, I normally don't get super stalky, but I'm up. I'm like just so in love with what your mission is. So I can't wait for everybody to learn more about you. But first, my most important factor is that you're one of us. You're a mama of twins and you have a little baby right in front of you right now. Thank you. Is this your baby A or B? Um, okay, so we call him Baby A. Um, I live right on the border of uh, two different provinces, and in Saskatchewan, they identify them differently than they do in the province that we birthed them in. Hmm. So all along, we called him Baby A, but then we got um, to, to Manitoba, which is a different province, and we gave birth, and they called him Baby B. And so it was all backwards, but we just go by the one, like the correct term as we identified the male pregnancy okay and so it's a little confusing but he's baby a that is confusing why is i've never really heard that so so they're determining are they determining who was closest to the exit as baby a and then in another place who comes out first like how did it get switched yes yeah so in manitoba they do whoever comes out first is baby a and then here they do um, whoever's on the left side is baby A. All right. Of like well, there in you your go. womb. So they're yeah. reading. It's basically so, like a reading situation from, from left to right. Yeah. That's really fascinating. Yeah. All right. So look at that. I did not know that. All right. So we got that. Now, how I know that you have a singleton and I know that you had a great breastfeeding experience with your singleton. And it definitely inspired you and kind of prepped you, right? That was like your, God bless you, little baby. Yeah. Um, it prepped you for now. When you had your, when you had your first child, when you had your singleton, did you expect to have the breastfeeding experience that you did? Like, how did you even start that journey? And how did you end up pumping and having so much milk to donate for the baby? Did you know that this was something that you wanted to do? Like when you thought about breastfeeding? So many questions at once. Um, I knew I at the you. start that I wanted I wanted to breastfeed. Um, I remember going to our prenatal class and the girl asking, are you planning to breastfeed? And people were like, yeah, if I can, if I can. I just was like, yes, like I am. I know I'm going to. Um, but when I first had my daughter, it was definitely a challenge. Um, I remember the nurse like grabbing my boob, trying to help me get it in my daughter's mouth and get latched. And it was so hard. And so eventually I tried a nipple shield. The lactation consultant gave us a nipple shield in the hospital to try. Um, so I ended up using that for about two weeks before I finally took it off. Um, she was just like choking on my milk so bad and um like would unlatch and just like wouldn't latch or she was just too sleepy like it she wasn't having a great time so we um we had a struggle the first couple of weeks and then everything was super good um from the bat I always would nurse her on one side and I'd put my haka on the other side so that's just like a silicone pump and I would collect like four hot ounces every feeding and I just started putting it in the freezer and I eventually we had way too much and my fiance is like we need to throw some out and I'm like we are not throwing this out like this is like a gold and so we I looked into donating it because I was like what else am I going to do I'm never going to use this much um so going through the process you had to uh do screening and blood work and 
that your doctor had to fill out a form for you. So we did all that and I was approved to donate. Um, they just like check to see if you're on any medications that um, would not be allowed. And if you are a regular drinker, if you smoke marijuana, anything like that. So I was approved to donate. Um, so we just started putting my donor number on the bags and um, my name and just, you know, your regular like ounces and time. And then for me, donating it, um, it's about three hours to the closest drop-off location. So I had to like save it up for a while before I knew I was going somewhere. And then I took it in the winter so that it stayed frozen and uh, traveled the three hours and dropped it off at the women's hospital. And then, yeah, they take it and pasteurize it and do all the things and give it to Nikki babies. So I thought that was pretty cool. I also um, donated through a Facebook page called Human Milk for Human Babies. And it's basically just you find someone and they take your milk. There's no process, really. Um, people in there kind of are looking for milk because they had an early baby or and their milk didn't come in or they just aren't producing enough and they really want breast milk or people post in there if they have a like some type of sick baby of some sort and so I um donated a few hundred ounces through there and then a girl in town here was having twins via surrogacy and I um I gave her 200 ounces because she wasn't going to have um any breast milk um her surrogate actually did end up pumping and giving her a bunch but I, she had some off the bat from me as well so I did that I think in total it was 16 liters to the milk bank and then um 600 ounces just donated like privately wow wow yeah that is unbelievable did you realize that you were you were going to have too much milk like did did you speak to your doctor about this and said like i'm concerned that i'm overproducing were you ever worried about how much milk you were producing and like what effect that could have on you i didn't i was like oh this is great so i just kept on keeping on and putting it all in the freezer and the milk bank took it up to 12 months old. So I just sent it all there. Unbelievable. So now there is kind of like a, there's not a huge gap of time between your, your singleton and your twenties. Did you stop breastfeeding during that time? Or did you continuously breastfeed until you got pregnant with the twins and all through your pregnancy? God bless you. (laughs) No, I stopped at 11 months with my daughter. Um, We were trying to have another baby and we started trying it when she was six months old and my doctor wouldn't really help me until I was done breastfeeding because I wasn't getting a period. And so then we stopped at 11 months and then we were able to start trying with some help um, to get pregnant with the boys. And it took us 16 months to get pregnant with these Mm -hmm. guys. And then, yeah, so there's a two and a half year gap between them. Wow. So which is still having the the three under three, right? So you're you're right there to have kind of this this big giant brood. Now, when you had the 20s, did you know that you wanted to have kind of the same breastfeeding experience as you had the first time around? Yeah, I was fairly confident that I would have enough milk. Um, I mean, I wasn't exactly sure how much I would need. I felt like I had enough for two the first time. And so this time I was like, yeah, I'll I'll be fine. And so I started tenant nursing 
the day we got home from the hospital from the NICU and I kind of just had to make it work. I remember we getting home that day and my fiance was bathing our daughter and they were both hungry and I'm like, I just need to figure this out. So I'm sitting in my recliner and kind of just made it work. And from there, we just have continued. Um, I don't always tend to nurse them still, probably 50% of the time. Okay. But sometimes it's nice just to bond with the one of them and it's less heavy on my back. And yeah, yeah but when I'm really full and they're really hungry, I always tend to nurse them still. That's, that's great. So now they're seven and a half months. You're still going strong with your nursing and you realize that you are going to have more milk once again. When did you start realizing that you had even more than just for the twenties? Well, I, um, I started pumping extra on top of, um, after they went to bed. So I pump at 10 PM and 2 AM. They go to bed at seven and then they don't wake up until like four or five in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we're going away for our wedding in December. And um, I I knew I would need some milk for them. So I just figured that pumping at 10 and two would be a good idea to start getting some freezer stash because I only had about 10 bags in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And it very quickly accumulated. I was getting about 20 ounces every night just from pumping uh, at 10 and two. So I then realized that I'm obviously not going to use all this of this just for my wedding. So I, uh, yeah, I'm going to be donating whatever is left after. And right now I think I'm at about 600 ounces in the freezer. Um, we took it to my fiance's work because our freezer is too full. Wow. So, um, yeah, we will, I, I'm going to probably just donate locally again. I'm on thyroid medication now. I don't know if that's allowed with the milk bank and it's just so far. So I think I'm just going to post in that human milk for human babies this time. Um, But yeah, I, each bag, like I brick them into Ziploc bags with like 10 bags in them. It's about 50 ounces. And I'll I'll use one of those per day that we're gone for our wedding. Mm -hmm. So I will still have like 400 ounces at this point to give away. And I'm kind of scared to stop pumping at night. Like I could, yeah. but I want my supply to keep up during the day. So I don't want to stop pumping at night. And I, the engorgement feeling is just terrible. So, yeah, it's really, really tough. I mean, you've definitely gotten yourself into a good situation and bad situation at the same time, because you're still going to have to to get up. I mean, you certainly could start weaning yourself at night if you wanted to, and then you, your, your supply would diminish, but then you wouldn't necessarily have as much to donate when do you think that the donate the donating your milk gives you like an added bonus because clearly you have it you made enough like is it is it feeding your soul yeah i really enjoy doing it um when we were in the nicu we did use some uh express breast milk from donated like donations so that was nice um to like know it's getting used and mm-hmm. just having nicu babies ourselves like knowing it's you know there for them if they need it yeah It's really, really good. All right, Brittany, sit tight for one second. We're going to come back and I want to ask Brittany about how she kind of built up her supply. So stay right there. Let's talk about breastfeeding for a second. If you are trying to breastfeed your duo or perhaps you're expecting and you're a little concerned about how you are going to breastfeed your duo, fear not 
my cats and kittens? Because we have something just for you. Twiniversity has the only online inclusive breastfeeding class created exclusively for parents of multiples. Yep, that's right. We have partnered with Judy T. Blue Michigan, who is one of the premier twin IBCLCs in the country, and we're so fortunate to have worked with her on this project. So head on over to twiniversity.com slash classes, and we will walk you through dozens of modules that have to do with just breastfeeding your duo. From items that you need, from positions that you could use, from scheduling, from pumping, from going back to work, literally. There's a ton of stuff that is literally there for you the parent of multiples that wants to breastfeed that just doesn't know if this is possible. Don't get overwhelmed, get informed. We'll see you online at twiniversity.com slash classes. So I got to ask like how you got to this point with having the supply. So I know that you said that you're, you're doing your pumps at 10 and two. And then for the rest of the day, you're just feeding them either tandem or one at a time. Do you think that there's anything that you're doing different than somebody? Like, are you taking extra supplements or are you drinking fancy teas or eating amazing cookies? Like, you know, so many people try so hard to to build up their supply. Do you think that there's something that you did that might benefit somebody else? Um, yeah, so I drink, uh, at least two liters of water a day. And I find that to be one of my biggest things. If I'm not drinking or eating enough, my supply is like I, in that evening pump, I can see, you know, I'm only producing three ounces per boob instead of five. Um, so that's a huge thing. And I have a two liter water bottle that I fill up every morning. And if I don't, I know that I'm not as good at getting that water intake. And like, if I'm like, Oh, I'll fill it up later. It's just not. I just don't get my water in. So I make sure I fill that up first thing in the morning. Um, I actually am on a prescribed medication called Domperidone that my doctor gave me at around eight weeks when the boys were cluster feeding and I was struggling to produce enough, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've just continued taking it because I'm scared to go off of it in case I lose my supply. Um, and then I take Greek. And I know some say that Greek can make you dry up, but for me, it's been good. Um, and then the biggest food staple I find, um, that really helps is oats. So whether it be like oatmeal or, um, baked oats or blending them up, putting them in a waffle or, mm-hmm. um, oatmeal cookies. I know that's not the healthiest, but you can make healthy ones. Sure, absolutely. Um, and yeah, just like I crave protein. So I eat a lot of protein. I just need, you need to eat enough. Um, mm-hmm. cause your body needs to be able to produce that milk from some type of calories. So if you're not eating enough for yourself alone, then you're not going to produce enough milk. I know the biggest thing for people after having a baby is, oh, I want to lose all this weight, but mm-hmm. for like you, if you want to breastfeed, then sometimes the two of those don't go hand in hand yeah. and you need to you know, focus a little more on producing milk. Um, I used to drink like fruit smoothies in the morning with Mm -hmm. my daughter and my, uh, nutritionist slash personal trainer that I had back in the day, he told me instead of milk and my smoothies to use cream because I needed those extra calories. And as weird as that sounds, it, yeah, it's, it's a lot more calories. And Mm -hmm. so it's helping you just need so many more calories when you're breastfeeding. So I think that's a huge thing people underestimate. And some studies, 
will tell you, oh, it doesn't matter how much food and water you have, but I truly believe it does because where else is that, you know, fat and liquid going to come from? Mm-hmm. So look, so with that in in your thoughts, like how much of a focus do you put on that every day? Like, you know, are you pot, like sure to have that smoothie every day? You know, if you don't have that water, do you notice that the fat content in your frozen milk is different? Do you keep track of these things each day or you just kind of, it's, it's such a part of your routine that you just do it automatically, or are you still like very like militant about the things that you're doing? Um, I just find that like my meals need to include like a carb, a protein and sometimes a vegetable, most of the time a vegetable, but you know, sometimes at lunchtime, I don't always get a vegetable. Um, I just try to include all the food groups and make sure I'm eating every few hours. Like not just a breakfast, lunch, supper. I need to eat like every few hours, whether it be like a banana muffin or, you know, a mango or something like that. I'm not much into the smoothies this time around, Mm -hmm. but, um, last time I was, and last time I made a lot of eggs and this time I didn't, um, they made, made the boys gassy. So I haven't this time, but I just need to like, just period. I need to make sure I'm eating enough and every few hours. So that's just, I need to be conscious that, Oh, I haven't Mm -hmm. eaten in a while. So eat something, um, filling, um, and then water. I just, basically have an emotional support water bottle that comes everywhere with me. And if it looks like I haven't drank enough by noon, I just take a big chug. Yeah. I I think people really do undervalue the importance of hydration. It's something it's like so simple, like, right. It's, it's so crazy, Brittany, but like people forget that you need fluid, right? Fluid is coming out. So we need that. Now, are you worried about that if you stop the overnight feeds that you're not going to have enough for them during the day? Like, do you not, do you trust your body? So you don't trust your body. So you think that you're going to just breastfeed the same way that you're doing until you're done breastfeeding? I think so. Yeah. I I'm worried that my day feeds won't be um, enough. And so I think I'll continue even just once a night. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes if I stay up later, I'll pump at 11 and then I won't pump at two just that extra hour. And then if they wake up around four, um, then it's not too long, but this morning Mm -hmm. they slept right from 11 or they went to bed at seven, but I pumped at 10, 11 and they slept until six. So I was very engorged this morning Mm -hmm. and it's not a good feeling. Yeah. It's really not with the engorgement. Have you had any issues of mastitis? I haven't. Um, I didn't last time I was very fortunate that way. I haven't had any cracked nipples or um, mastitis. I did have a blocked duct duct at the start of this uh, breastfeeding journey with the boys. Mm -hmm. I put one of those hot rice bags on it at night and took hot showers and it went away. But I have never had mastitis. I learned at the start that like you need to empty yourself every single feed. Like don't let yourself have um, any extra. So like if you're nursing mm-hmm. one baby and you're nursing on one boob and just leaving the other boob, like that's not great. Yeah. And I know that's super common, but with my singleton, I always use the haka. Yeah. Which is something so simple to use. It's like, you know, not mechanical and you don't have to worry about it being charged and everything. So yeah, and we'll put links to what a haka is and stuff below. So you guys could see exactly what Brittany's talking about. If you guys don't know now, have you worked with a lactation consultant at all ever, either with your daughter or with the twins? In the hospital, um, when, when the boys were born and yeah, 
Um, we had the same one actually, cause we birthed at the same place and she was great. This time it was easy. Like the latch was no problem for both mm-hmm. the boys, which I was surprised since they were preemies. Yeah. But, um, with Aria, she helped and she was great. And she gave us the nipple shield and mm-hmm. away we went, but that was it. How many weeks were the boys when they were born? 35 and six. 35. So that's still pretty far though. 35 and six. That's, that's really great. That's unbelievable. I think it's, it's, it's such an empowering thing to do to realize that your body can make this food and you know, you have enough for everybody and now you're, you're giving it back. Do you try to find like twin families to give it to or preemie families to give it to, or you're like, whoever wants it, come and pick it up. Yeah. Just whoever wants it really. I don't, (laughs) it doesn't really bother me as long as it's getting put to good use. Um, yeah, I mean, I would probably like to see it go to pre. The last time preemie family was one of them. One was a twin family. One was just a regular singleton. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. Now, are you doing anything to, to your skin to make sure that, you know, it's going to bounce back from this after breastfeeding for so long? Do you have any worries that, you know, physically that you will be different or look different or, you know, cause a lot of times people do, you know, it's just a, a fact of life, but then there's people who use creams every day and worry less about stretch marks and things like that. Do you have any issues where you're worried about that? Um, not so much. My stretch marks have all gone away. Actually. Um, I used bio oil throughout my pregnancy and near the end was when they really got like the dark red yeah. and bad, but mm-hmm. they kind of just all faded after, you know, maybe 10, 16 weeks, they slowly went away as my stomach retracted. Um, now I don't really use anything. Yeah. I go to the gym. So, you know, my skin is tightening, but yeah. I, I don't use anything special yeah. now. Well, I was thinking more for like your actual breasts. Like if you're used to breastfeeding oh. so much, you know, like if you're, yeah. there's, there's people who worry like, oh my gosh, am I going to look yeah. like something out of a, a textbook? And so people <laughs> do get nervous about that. Yeah. Have you thought about what that's going to be like, or like, that's what I mean about the oils and creams, because I don't know if there is something that could actually help the elasticity. Um, I would really like a boob job if we're being honest, but it probably won't. I don't know. Um, I haven't really thought about it. I, I never really had big boobs prior to breastfeeding. So I feel like they'll just go back to small, like they did between the two pregnancies. Um, haven't really thought about them, like, because I've never had big boobs to like have them be saggy or anything. Mm -hmm. So I haven't put any thought into that. Maybe I should, but I mean, I can no, just I don't hope think that I'm just curious. Like, job. you know, there's so many, like when you, when you use a certain part of your body so much, right. I mean, this is yeah. like the Olympics of breastfeeding is basically what you're in. Yeah. And so you're like at yeah. the top of your game. So for me, yeah. I'm like, have you thought about it? Which it, it's, it's neither here nor there. There obviously is no right answer, but some people like you may say, oh no, definitely. You know, like definitely after this is my game plan. <laughs> I'm going to, you know, breastfeed forever. I, I, I love this. Now they're seven and a half months. Are you going to go the 11 months? Are you going to go longer? What do you think you're going to do uh, this round? I'm going to go until 12. So the year, cause they'll go to daycare at a year old. So mm-hmm. then they'll, they'll be cut off. And that's it. And then when you, how did you wean the first time? 
Like, how was that process? And do you think that it's going to be any different this time around? Um, I kind of just did cold turkey. Mm -hmm. Um, I read some like pros and cons to like slowly weaning off the feedings and, and not, but yeah, we kind of just did cold turkey. I was very engorged for a few days, um, had some hot showers and it was very painful, but she was fine. Um, she went onto a bottle, no problem. And yeah, we just used a mixture of uh, frozen breast milk and 2% milk. And then we went right to milk as soon as she was at daycare. So do you ever think about like, okay, we're going to stop at 12, you know, but then you're going to use your own stash for your own kids. Like, have you thought about that? Yeah, I've thought about it. Um, but when they go to daycare, I find that I just don't want to be like a pain in the butt for them. It's just easier for them to give them like 2% milk or whatever, yeah. homo milk at daycare than it is for to like thaw the breast milk and yeah. say you have to use this within a certain amount of time yeah. and um, warming it up and stuff. I just would, I would yeah. find that confusing for them. I don't know how many people do that. Um, I don't know either. But like so. when they come, they come home from school, like would you yeah. consider using all the breast milk oh. that you had for them at home? Uh, maybe, but... It's also a lot of work. I'd rather just give it to babies who actually need it when they're just young yeah. and fragile. That's, Whereas that's, you guys are healthy and it's so know. admirable. It really, really is. I mean, I know that here in uh, in the states, it's not as easy to get donor milk unless it's through a direct, you know, friend or family member or somebody that you know. But it it is a lot more challenging to to get donor milk. Yeah, yeah, I bet it. Um, it's definitely hard to come by unless you find the right people around here. Oh, oh, but that's so great. And I love this, this Facebook group that I'm definitely human milk for human babies, I think is, is awesome. I think it's like, I'm, I'm totally going to go, I'm going to go look that up. Now, if you have more children or when you have more children, don't know what the plan is, but do you think that you would do this again? Uh, we are not having more children. Cut that, um, snip to that line already. So we are done. (laughs) So that was it. So now your family, your family is complete, but let's say like when your daughter's big, do you think that this is something that you would encourage her to do for all the rewards that you've received, even emotionally from, you know, having this milk and donating it? Um, yes, like I, I'll tell her about it, but I don't, I'm not going to push it on her by any means. Um, breastfeeding is not easy and whatever she wants to do is whatever. Fine with me, obviously it's her, her own journey. Uh, you're, you are a great mama and you're a great twin mama and you're a great woman. And I think that this is great. I, you know, people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, Oh, I could try it, but this is not a common story, which is why I got so excited. And you know, while there are overproducers, right? You have plenty of people who are overproducers. It's very rare that somebody would be so selfless with all everything that they are overproducing. And on behalf of every family that uh, that you've ever helped, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you. Do you ever get to meet those families? Like, do you do you become friends with the people that you donate? Or, you know, to have, have you had any contact with those, those babies that you were able to provide food for? Um, three of them are local. And then one of them's from an, about an hour and a half away. The group is, um, sorry, I just need to find a soother here. 
the group is um, for our province. So it's like the human milk for human babies is Saskatchewan and there's an Alberta mm-hmm. one. Um, so it all just depends on like where you donate it to. So the twin mom from town here is, I donated a few hundred or a couple of hundred ounces to her wow. and then a couple hundred ounces to a singleton mom here. So they're both in town and yeah. Oh, see those that, babies all the time. That is so great. Brittany, I cannot take another second of your time. These babies need you. And I'm so thankful that you chose to give us the time that you have. So for those of you that are listening, if you have questions for me or Brittany, just email us at community at twiniversity.com. And we have tons of breastfeeding resources uh, for your 20s over at Twiniversity, of course. And Brittany, just sincerely, thank you very, very, very much for giving us your time and for helping so many families in local area and beyond. Thank you so much, Brittany. No problem.